Hey, volleyball coaches, the new USA Volleyball Coach Academy is available now. Subscribers will have access to engaging interactive modules taught by top coaches from across the country, including national team coaches and staff. From fundamentals to advanced play, all coaching content is based on the USA Volleyball development model to help you coach the whole athlete. USA Volleyball members will have free access to the bronze tier. When you're ready to level up, you can subscribe to the silver or gold tiers. Live online sessions are only available in the gold tier. Watch out for more information on USA Volleyball social media and the USA Volleyball website. Colorado. This is the USA Volleyball Show. And here are your hosts, Clarence Hughes and Stephen Munson. Hello and welcome to the USA Volleyball Show, the official podcast of USA Volleyball. Of course, my name is Stephen Munson and joined by my co-host Clarence Hughes. Clarence, how are you doing today? What do we tell people about lying? You know, your name is Steve-Ine. Steve-Ine. Steve-Ine Munson. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm need doing to, good. I'm doing I need good. to etch that on my my new USA Volleyball mug. USA Volleyball show mug. Or we can introduce you some business <laughs> cards that I have there steve Ine with the pronunciation to the right. Yeah, that's perfect. right. All right. That's right. Throw that in the budget. <laughs> Throw it in there. But uh, I'm doing good. Had a, had a busy weekend of club volleyball again. Um, coaching mm-hmm. my 17s um, in our past power. Um, in our past power. In a power. And uh, I've been up in Loveland, uh, commuting to Loveland the past three oh, weekends nice. in a row. So I'm just like. That's I'm quite the drive. Out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so burnt <laughs> out of Loveland. But I mean, my 17s did amazing. I'm so proud of them. We got second overall in our pool, which is good. Um, yeah. That's about it. More volleyball. That's that's it. <laughs> I was going to ask about that. Yeah, I saw. I think I saw a social media post uh, where your club did very well at oh, yeah. uh, the tournaments over the weekend. So congratulations on that. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. How's your weekend? What have you been up to? Oh, you know, just uh, recovering from a cold. Uh, <laughs> this one knocked me right. out, man. I this that uh, time of year it started like what's today? We're recording this on Monday. It started not this last Friday, but the Friday before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, but, um, uh, finally feeling much better and, and overall symptom free. So feeling good and, uh, and yeah, just ready to kick the cold and, and get this year started. Right. <laughs> see. Did you get that, uh, that man cold, that man flu? That's the good yeah. Yeah, my, <laughs> <laughs> my wife likes to remind me about that, uh, about the man cold, but, uh, yeah, it, it knocked me out. It knocked me out. <laughs> oh, that's insane. Wow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just excited about this uh, episode, our second episode of, of 2023, mm-hmm. uh, just to kick things off in case you missed it. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about name, image and likeness, uh, that topic, that hot topic that's uh, hitting college sports right now, check out episode 55 featuring NIL Network. <laughs> 
founder and NIL coordinator at San Diego State, Michelle Meyer. Michelle explains what NIL is, its effect on college athletics, uh, how athletes can best prepare for best prepare themselves and and take advantage of opportunities in NIL uh, and so so much more a great episode very interesting topic like I said hot topic in sports right now check it out uh, on all podcast platforms and you can watch it on the USA Volleyball YouTube and USA Volleyball website usavolleyball.org now let's bring it back to news with Hughes Round of applause, Steve. Great job. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now on to news with Hughes. Um, some really, really good information, a really big announcement here. Uh, the 2023 USA Volleyball Mountain Classic Boys Junior National Qualifier is coming to Denver, Colorado. That is right. Denver, Colorado on December 1st through the 3rd at the Colorado Convention Center. This event will be a qualifier for the 2024 Boys Junior National Championship on July 26th through July 3rd in Dallas, Texas. Steve Vines, hometown. Great spot. <laughs> uh, continuing to look ahead, uh, USA Volleyball has selected Kansas City, Missouri to host the 2025 Girls Junior National Championship for the 11 through 13 age, age divisions and June 21st through the 24th at the Kansas City Convention and Entertainment Center. More information on these news uh, releases and other news items can be found at usavolleyball.org. Now, on to today's show, we have back-to-back Michelle-featured episodes. I just realized that when I was uh, wow. <laughs> looking at this uh, run of show, but back-to-back Michelle-featured episodes. <laughs> today's episode, uh, we're talking to Michelle Goodall, Beach Paravalli Program Administrator at USA Volleyball and Assistant Coach on the U.S. Women's National Team coaching staff. Uh, unfortunately, I could not be there uh, in person due to snow. Uh, affecting the roads here in Denver, but Clarence was able to meet with Michelle and catch up in our new studio setup uh, oh, yeah. for the very first time, I believe, uh, at USA Volleyball headquarter at the USA Volleyball headquarters office in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, Michelle and U.S. Women's Sitting National Team and the U.S. Women's Sitting National Team were just in town, also, which you guys talk about uh, for training camp, U.S. OPC testing, and of course, USA Volleyball Media Day as well. Michelle shares her introduction to volleyball, team goals, looking ahead to Paris, uh, all things beach para volley and so much more. But that's enough setup for this episode, Clarence. Let's go to the conversation. Here's Michelle. Michelle, good friend. Hey. How have you been? That's my first question. How have I've, you been? I've been great. You How know? are you? I'm good. Hanging in there. I'm here know? in Colorado Springs. We just got done with a training camp and a lot of elite athlete health profiling and just living the dream. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Training camp right here in Colorado Springs. Yeah, right? it was great at the mm -hmm. Olympic and Paralympic Training Center. Mm -hmm. And we had a, a great time. We had 12 athletes in and just knocked out a lot of important things this week. We did our media day with mm -hmm. USA Volleyball. How was that? How that was that? great. Mm -hmm. It was great. Um, they did a great job. They came in, um, took care of a lot of interviewing, and a lot of photography, and just did a really a really great job. Okay. What was the yeah. highlight from that week? So you can maybe um, point out one or two things. Uh, from the week, 
Well, just reconnecting. Mm -hmm. We hadn't seen each other since um, World Championships. Okay. And that wasn't really our favorite way to leave because, I don't know if you know the story, we got third and our expectations or our goals were first. Um, And so just getting back together Mm -hmm. was a highlight and just, you know, hugging, hugging each other when we first saw each other. That was a highlight. The training wasn't like the the most important thing this week but because we're just getting back into it Mm -hmm. but that was good but then we had an athlete a local athlete um zoe zoe rolling um and so she came down with her family i'll call her recruit you know because that's kind of a common word that we could use but um she came down with her family and it was just really great to have them um, in our gym and have our ladies have an opportunity to meet her and hear her story. And so that was, that was kind of a sweet spot. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I'm so bummed. I, I missed it. I didn't get a chance to stop by at all. I know we had to pack for our soul. Like I know we were looking, we were looking at our watches. Like when's Clarence coming? No. <laughs> and then coaching got tied up with, a, we had like a lot of shift in responsibilities for the right. club I'm at. And that's where I'll leave it at there. So Do you feel this up. like coaching and volleyball gets in the way of your volleyball? Like all the time, it's just like it, it's like you're like we're layered, and it's Coaching like gets and in the way. Volleyball gets in the way. Of, I love that. Yeah, it's it gets layered. in the way. Volleyball gets in the way of our volleyball. There's yeah. so many elements. Everybody yeah. always talks about, hey, what do you do? And I, I'm just like, yeah, my whole uh, life is just volleyball. Like, what do you mean by that? Oh, I like to play. You know, I work full time for USA Volleyball. Yeah. Love this organization, by the way. And uh, <laughs> you know, coach on the side too. It's just it's just a lot. So, it's same, yeah. So we're talking about volleyball. Absolutely. And, uh, I'm sure this isn't the first time you've been asked this too, but it's something we really oh, sure. like to hone in on and just really dive deeper into. But how were you introduced to the game of volleyball? Oh, okay, that's a great question. Um, and maybe my answer is similar to a lot of volleyball folk. Um, I grew up in a sport family. Mm-hmm. Dad played multiple college sports. Um, have two older sisters and one younger sister so I'm three of four daughters in the family and he was like the epitome you know girl dad and like just getting us Mm -hmm. opportunities Um, and my two older sisters played volleyball so I kind of followed their footsteps but we weren't we weren't the kind of family that would like dive in when we're 10 so I think I started in seventh grade and it was you know from then on it was just like kind of what I did became part of my identity i see um what position did you play did you uh um i played middle just because you know you know how coaches do like oh she's tall let's put her in the middle it makes sense yeah Mm -hmm. so i played middle most of my life until my third year in college then i got to play pin and it was like glorious (laughs) (laughs) god bless those middles but man it's like a circle you just like are transitioning and like doing a lot of hard work with middle blocking Mm -hmm. and then finally not that pins have it easy but it was easier i love middle. i used to play middle (laughs) and then i played a little bit of outside too but uh, i appreciate it just i I love the right side yeah so Mm -hmm. that's like block and transition sure yeah (laughs) so do you want to talk about a little bit about your your career in college Oh, sure. Um, right out of high school, I went to Cornell College, which is a sister school to Colorado College. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a liberal arts school in Iowa, and they're known for the block program as well. And so that matched with the way that I learn to, to you know, pick up a school that would introduce one academic subject at a time. So I went to Cornell College. My sister was there. We got an opportunity to play together, which was super great. Um, I played there for two years um, and then um, got married and had my first baby and Mm -hmm. then moved out to Colorado and 
played my junior year here in town, okay. which is like crazy. Yeah. Um, and then my senior year, um, I played volleyball and basketball my freshman and sophomore year. But then my senior year, I had to transfer again because we were chasing, you know, early career paths. Got it. Um, and so I was down at University of Southern Colorado, which is now University. What is it now? Um, and the one in Pueblo. I think it's Colorado State University. Pueblo. Yes, CSU Pueblo. Yep. Correct. Um, and I was not intending to do athletics my senior year, sitting in psychology. I was really fit then. The professor goes, what do you do? <laughs> I'm like, well, I play volleyball and basketball. He goes, you play basketball? We need a, we need a center. <laughs> and that's basically it. He did like a 20-minute tryout and then played basketball my senior year. In the trial of the conversation yeah. <laughs> in the classroom. <laughs> that's exactly the way it went. So, yeah. So what, what from... From that point, what kind of transitioned you into the coaching aspect of volleyball? What got you into okay. that? Um, what got me into it? Um, I guess just an opportunity. Mm -hmm. When I was a junior in college, there was an opportunity. I was playing volleyball then. There was an opportunity to coach basketball okay. at the like the local school, and I had the time. And I was a full-time student then, but I had the time and I took that opportunity and I coached basketball. And then I knew maybe almost like from first coaches meeting, <laughs> I, I didn't know actually what I was doing, but I knew that, yeah, that, that sparked something. This mm -hmm. is exactly what I want to do. <laughs> My educational path was to be in... Uh, you know, organizational behavior, psychology and business administration is my, um, my, you know, my major, mm -hmm. like the path I was going, but it really parlayed nicely into sport and into coaching. And it, I've just been literally doing it ever since that moment. I've, I don't know if I've not coached. Yeah. So I've, every sport, like you said, every element of my life is volleyball right now. And I've been coaching either volleyball or basketball since. Got yeah. it. Okay. So you still coach basketball? Ba basketball no, basketball. I don't. I haven't coached basketball in a while. Okay. Um, I, the ladies know that every now and then they give me a ball and they're like, whoops, underneath the legs. Yeah. So <laughs> they know that I've played or I'll shoot the ball. Yeah. But um, I don't, I definitely don't um, coach right now. Yeah. Can you recall your first time transitioning into coaching volleyball and that that feeling of just maybe running your first practice or having your first team meeting or you know yeah. taking that like step into you know leading a team of athletes right. under you like you know were you nervous or like how, oh yeah how, what, well what were you I there? think every coach will say this that you want to go back and just like make apologies to all of your first teams like oh my goodness I am so sorry that I was like that um, not necessarily I mean I always will lead with my heart and everyone will know that. Um, I love that. You know, it's like, that's it. I just like a really caring relationship, but I, I felt really under prepared mm -hmm. in, in some regard. Um, did we have even team handbooks at first? No, I did. I mean, it's like, there's some things that I, you know, you learn along the way mm -hmm. on best practices. And so, um, yeah, it was there. Nothing particular. I think I was a little bit nervous, but if I think back to it, <clears throat> one of my athletes that I'm still connected with from my very first coaching experience, I was probably 21 at the time. And what are they? They're 17. And so when um, they um, connected with me, they reached out and I thought they would be like 20 at the time. And this was like literally decades after because you, time goes differently for yourself as it does for others when you're not connected, but mm -hmm. they're the same age as me. And so it was like, I felt really comfortable in those first, in those first positions because we were like, 
peers almost, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like, this is the way I would do it. And yeah. What advice do you have for somebody that's stepping into that coaching role okay. or even a mentorship role right. for the first time? For the first time. I would just say, be honest, be honest with yourself, be honest um, out loud, be honest and just, you know, just like lead with your heart and you, you really can't go wrong in that regard. Um, it is important in the coaching profession, in any profession, honestly, it's important to, to lean on those beside you that have gone before, you know, what is it standing on the shoulders of giants, Mm -hmm. you know, so just take those experiences and really make sure that you're, you know, like learning from those as well. They may not be your, you know, individual experiences, but you can really learn. And so that's, that would be my, my suggestion to anyone new getting into it. I think that was very well beautifully said because I, um, yeah. I've been asked to, Hey, can you head coach your team? Blah, 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 blah. Like when I first was starting right. coaching, this is yeah. like in 2021. And Absolutely. I'm just like a deer in headlights. Like, <laughs> like, I'm I also trying to be a yeah. sponge and just like, okay, this is a lot happening here. That's exactly right. And you have so much responsibility. And like you said, you have to be honest with yourself. You yeah, have to just, be, yeah. just meet the, meet your play, meet your players where they're at right. and then also see where you can, you know, grow and develop into right. it's just it's, it's a lot. There's so yeah. many layers to it. I mean, honestly, it's like you're you're not going to know everything and mm-hmm. as long as they know that and they know that you're like you're just like so open and honest, they're going to respect you. Mm-hmm. It's like I even tell our athletes now, it's like the sitting game is relatively new to me and the discipline is not quite the same as the standing game. I mean, it's all volleyball, but it's there's some nuances mm-hmm. and I'll lean on them. I'll say, what do you think is best here? Mm-hmm. And so it's more, you know, Socratic instead of like me just saying this is the way we're going to do it because that would be foolish. I see. They've been doing it longer than I have. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I'll learn from you too. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a good note to kind of switch a little bit. I'm still on the conversation of coaching, still sure, on the conversation yeah, of volleyball, absolutely. but how did you get involved with things on the sitting side of volleyball? Okay, Um, that's a good question because um, that happened probably in 2014 Mm -hmm. is when I was at the time also doing volleyball with with a region, with the Iowa region. And I was asked to be on the Paralympic Commission and I started connecting in that that space. and then, I mean, I had known about it, but that's when I really dove in. And then in 2016, I was asked to be the team leader of this national team. And then in 2018, I saw the position for the resident coach being posted. And then I went from there. But um, long story, um, I have a nephew that is that was an amputee um, due to a cancer situation. And um, when he was younger, I reached out to um, Coach Hammeter and I said, hey, I've got an up and coming athlete for you, you know, those kinds of things. And um, sadly, my he's my nephew and he passed um, in his in his battle. But um, he's sorry, he's forever my why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just have that personal connection and just know that sport is important no matter um, where you are in your life journey. And I wanted him to stay connected in sport, even though he was dealing with this, you know, crap, (laughs) this honestly, this crap, as far as um, his physical body was going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pause real quick. Sure. Uh (laughs) And just give you a hug. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm, Yeah, it's it's something. Mm -hmm. But 
yeah, it, if you have a why that, that's that strong and you're that passionate about, sure makes getting up easy every day to go to work mm-hmm. because it's like, you know why you're doing it. Yeah. And you're definitely yeah. somebody that genuinely and passionately loves what you do. And I can tell that every conversation yeah. I have, yeah. with you, I remember talking to you for a little bit at uh, the National Beach Trojan Championship in, yes. in uh, Fort Lauderdale. And just like, yes, which is great all around. Like, yeah. I, you're, you're always somebody I just love talking to. But yeah. on a more brighter note, let's uh, yeah. switch gears a little bit. Let's what, do that. What's something or a couple <laughs> things that people don't know about you it could be a fun oh, fact it could be an embarrassing fact a hobby you know more more like just your personality side my personality side yeah. um i don't know if you've looked at the calendar but our schedule is intense mm-hmm. we don't have like the regular season um we start in january we basically end in november and so um, there's not a lot of time for hobbies, but when I'm home, I like to garden. I like to ride bike. Um, I like to spend time with family. Those are some things I, some people might know that I commute between Oklahoma and Iowa and my drive is 10 hours. And so I have a lot of time to listen to books and mm-hmm. listen to podcasts. So not only this are podcast, you passionate, <laughs> but you're also insane. But I'm the, also the, insane. The most, that's like, ex- that's I mean exactly. that in such a good way. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. So what's your commute? Uh, nine hours, 10 hours. Yeah. And a good, yeah. So that's, that's something that maybe people don't know mm-hmm. that our Paralympic training center is in Oklahoma, um, in Edmond at university of central Oklahoma. And I, I would say my home is in Eastern Iowa. So okay. I, yeah, I do that commute on the weekends. So just on casually on the weekends, just casually on Thursdays and on yeah. top of just, again, <laughs> on top of your, your wild schedule where you're probably always yeah. traveling, you're literally traveling right now. We're A sitting lot. in yeah. Colorado Springs right but, now. I mean, this, who can complain? We're in Colorado. You're right. You're absolutely right. And it's snowing too. So it's like the perfect time. It's so great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, let's talk about back-to-back gold medals. Um, Okay. In Rio and in Tokyo. What do you think was the biggest attribute um, to winning those back-to-back medals? The team attribute? um, Ooh, that took, that took something Mm -hmm. because as everyone in the world knows we were had a COVID period in there. Um, and so we, you're gearing up, you're gearing up, you're gearing up. I'm the resident head coach for the women. And, you know, when it comes down to it, we're, you know, having a little countdown on our whiteboard. And then all of a sudden we get back from crossroads and the world basically shut down. Mm-hmm. And so now like, are we ever going to even get an opportunity to win a back to back or is that going to just be brushed over? We're going to move on to Paris. Um, so I would say this team, their strength and their resilience and they're honestly, they're like their grit, you know, it's like, no, we're going to keep training. We trained virtually like how, like this is crazy. Like you're literally in your living room where we're trying to get some reps in and we're like doing some zoom and things like that. And we connected, um, um, with our sports psychologists via team zooms and you know even our dietitian we would do like cooking in the kitchen everyone would go get their things and we would just do fun things like that but i would say the 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 grit and just the the tenacity just to keep going um a lot of a lot of teams have that but this particular team and especially on the paralympic side there's already been some sort of needing to overcome in these ladies lives so they're they're good at it and not to say that they um not to say that that's fair they like you know but they they really were um 
gritty and strong in these last in these last two quads. How much yeah. of that has carried over into um, this year, 2023, and going okay. into this quad heading yeah. for getting ready for Paris? For getting ready for Paris. Um, we're, I would use the word transition, mm-hmm. and Coach uses that a lot, too. We're in some transition. I see. Um, we coach women that are between, like, 16 and 40, and... A lot of life happens between 16 and 40 oh, for women, mm-hmm. <laughs> for everyone, but for women, yeah. So we've got a lot of babies happening. Mm-hmm. We've got some marriages. We've got some graduations, some moving on to college, some career changes. So we are in a position, um, in a period of transition right now. Um, we've got two new, mo- we've got three new babies in our program since Tokyo. We've got um, one mama that's about to have her baby. So it's like a lot, a lot is going on. Um, but just their flexibility and their resilience. And I think the fact that they, this is hard, but I still am beside you and I'm still beside you and I'm supporting you, whether your journey looks a little different now, how can we make this happen? Mm -hmm. I think that is, um, that is what makes this this team great. I see. Yeah. Um, For those people who aren't really aware of what goes into the recruiting aspect of a pair sport. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, You've known that we are kind of at the mercy of our, like, just having our sport, like, like the, the spotlight on us. It's like there, we, we really take advantage of events where we have that opportunity. I think one great example was we were like the coaching staff. I was like, how, how amazing was uh, at ABCA when we had the opportunity to be recognized on the floor at this massive event, just to have the words para, you know, para sport or sitting volleyball said, yes. what it does is it, it like, puts that out there into the world like this is something and this is something that somebody might be able to do because um, anytime that word is shared then people know and then they may reach out to us and usually it's through like Instagram they'll see one of our Instagrams and then they'll say hey how do I get involved and so then once they've reached out we uh, myself and coach um, and Elliot Blake he's our program manager we'll get on a zoom with that athlete and their family and we'll you know kind of bring them along and then we'll invite them to our sitting national team development program and where they train together um, maybe five times a year and then they train there until it appears that they're ready to start like integrating into our national team program and that's just the journey and that journey in that space there for some is long and for some it's very short mm-hmm. we have an athlete that just this past weekend we announced that she's a national team athlete now Mackenzie Franklin go girl she's <laughs> from uh, Minnesota um, two years ago she had uh, like a tragic um, motorcycle accident was a volleyball player college you know college kid um, lost her leg um, and she didn't even know you know found out about our program we connected and here she is on our national team right now so yeah the journey is sometimes longer depending on their volleyball experiences coming in but that's basically basically the way it goes I see and you touched on on, on it a little bit here but yeah. um, what are what are some of those classifications that oh sure you know, uh, cl- that would qualify someone for our particular program. Correct, yeah. yeah. We're on the same um, page. No, yeah. <laughs> classification is exactly the word that we use. Um, so classification, um, you're right. Every athlete in our program, and let's, let's first put that out there because my Uber driver on the way over here, he goes, yeah, my mom 
would take her athletes to um, Paralympics sometime. And I'm like, oh, tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. He meant Special Olympics. And so we have to like really make sure that we're educating the public Mm -hmm. because sometimes they don't know the difference. Special is for some sort of like mental impairment. Um, Para is for some sort of level of physical impairment. So all of our athletes are challenged in some way physically. Um, There are two classifications. This is kind of technical, but um, VS1 and VS2, and it just means that you're either permanently fully disabled, according to the classification, or you're a minimal disabled. Um, most of our athletes have some sort of limb loss, um, like they were you know, born without a hand, or um, they had cancer and had to have an amputation or an injury. Um, had them lose, you know, a limb, but we also have some other levels of classification where like you've got a muscle imbalance, like one, like physically, like one leg is like different than the other. We've got another athlete who, Whitney Dosty, I'm not sure if you know mm-hmm. all of our athletes, but Whit was playing professionally um, standing over, I believe it was in Turkey, um, and shattered her ankle. And it was so bad that um, recently she's had to have, right before Tokyo, had to have that ankle fused. And that would classify her. So there's like, there's a range, but it's some level of physical um, impairment where having this adaptation would be helpful in your in your sport. Thank you for touching base yeah. on that. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, you know, just knowing about minimal classifications, I think right. that's just that's new territory for a lot of people. Right. And, you know, right. you just educated me on a lot of that yeah. there. And yeah. So, so yeah, people are watching our games like, oh, so like number 14, so she's able-bodied and she can play. Um, well, she's a minimal. And so you don't necessarily like see all of their disabilities. Well, we know that in, in life. Mm-hmm. Everyone's challenged in some regard, but um, you can't always see all of their disabilities, but there is some level and they, you know, have to go through, you know, doctors visits and be classified yeah so i see yeah and with the roster you Mm -hmm. know that you take to the paralympics and your tournaments and different championships are there a certain um number compositions yeah correct yeah yeah there is um we just world para volley just um let us bump up to 14 okay so now um for most events we can bring 14 athletes um within that composition two can be minimals and right now we have three on our team. Um, so two minimals, and then you can take um, two Libros if you're over 12 um, athletes, um, two minimals, and then the sport rule is only one minimal could be on the court at a time. I see. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a lot to take into yeah. just how you just plan. How you plan, who, yeah. Who, who are we taking? And yeah, just, absolutely. That's, that's a lot to strategize yeah. on top of just your normal strategy for that's right. for, for anything you're competing in. But um, I do want to touch on, and I, I don't know if this is 100% publicized yet, but oh. um, potentially <laughs> bringing the sitting teams to our Open National Championship right. uh, this year in Dallas. Right. I think I just got word from Elliot that that's going to be a thing. I'm so excited that's, because, yeah. that's one, that's the tournament I run. That's right. Two, like, it's just going to be an amazing experience. I think this is really right. going to be a growth year for opens and then right. the fact that the sitting teams are coming back I, right it's been I'm a minute so excited i don't even remember anyone <laughs> do you remember the last time we were at opens it's like with, with before covid I, so 2019 2019 probably um and so it's been a minute there is one i think we're navigating that and so maybe that's why it hasn't been announced yet mm-hmm. um we want to be there, but then there's also the Super Six tournament that they overlap, mm, I see. and that's in Finland. And so we're like deciding which which route we're going to go with that. Um, 
but we really would love to get back to the open because mm-hmm. that is a, another great outreach opportunity for us. Um, we not only do a training camp prior to the the second wave, mm-hmm. but then we have that sitting division in that in that division. Mm-hmm. Anyone, you know, if you're over, and 18, I still haven't tried sitting. You are going to. to That's my goal. <laughs> Absolutely, you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can be on team, and one of those ladies will definitely recruit you because they're. That's one of their responsibilities is to bring some teams. I love that. And in that event, we do integrate um, any able-bodied friends. Yeah, so, yeah. I see. So, uh, you know, kind of aside from the specific conversation about open, sure. But um, what else? Um, what are some of your other team goals and aspirations during this new quad heading into Paris? Yeah. Um, we need to qualify. <laughs> Number we one. We need to get a bid. <laughs> Number one. We need one. to get a bid. Um, um, we had an opportunity at World Championships, mm-hmm. um, and it just didn't go the way that we needed to go. So you either win or you learn. And so we've got um, we've got a lot of things that we're we're contemplating and we're working through as we develop our new system. Um, we have two two opportunities this year. Okay. Um, one is at Zone Championships in May up in Edmonton. And then another would be at World Cup, which is in November in Egypt. And so both of those are opportunities where we can earn that bid. Um, but you can't, it, I mean, it's important to keep that front and center, but it kind of makes you wiggy too. You know, if like, if that's like, oh, it's like, it just puts so much pressure on you. So we are just learning and getting better every day um, and taking it, you know, moment by moment, practice by practice too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, I know your team, you just mentioned that um, you just recently had a chance to qualify and you took third place. Yep. And this We're is a team talk about this? in no, program. I'm that <laughs> <laughs> third I'm, is great. I'm, yeah, trying, to, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to set you up for this. Like you, 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 you're, you guys are a program. Your team is a program that is used to winning like so what you do first place or nothing right that's right so how done, is that fueling you into success. these other two opportunities going into um may and november well you know this sounds like coach cliche but you can sometimes learn more with a loss mm-hmm. i mean we we missed the opportunity um we missed the opportunity to get the bid we missed the opportunity to do something that we've never done mm-hmm. um they haven't won um gold at world championships yet. Um, they were kind of joking, well, this is a color medal we don't have yet. <laughs> it wasn't the one oh that we were gosh. thinking about coming <laughs> home with, but we'll add it to the collection. But um, yeah, so it's um, it really just like kind of opens up your eyes and staff and athletes on what we can do better, mm-hmm. what we must do better and um, moving forward. And I think those are good opportunities too. I see. Well, I mean, I can't wait to follow along and mm. just, you know, see, <laughs> see when you guys are right. going to when qualify. we're getting that. This is going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting it into the atmosphere, into the air right yeah, now. We're speaking into you. existence too. So best of luck to you guys <laughs> there. But um, I appreciate that. I do want to switch gears a little bit. Um, you know, I mentioned, you know, we got a chance to connect, um, you know, way back in Fort Lauderdale yes. during National Beach Street Championship. And, yeah, it was on the um, beach. I saw like you know a relatively new thing uh mm-hmm. beach pair volley yeah you know, insane yeah um, can you just talk about for those who don't know and uh that's my know, hobby are interested uh, <laughs> one of your hobbies okay yeah. but just talk about that in the progression absolutely uh, what beach pair volley ball is, is and yep. you know what what the future of it looks like that sounds great um i was on the job here um three days on the job i was hired to be the assistant coach for the women's sitting team Mm -hmm. maybe three days not even maybe and bill hameter comes up to me he goes hey i know you've got beach background 
um, what do you think about kind of overseeing this little thing that we're what we're trying to do um, beach pair volley um, and I said oh, absolutely mm-hmm. because in my job with the Iowa region I was the beach director and I had a lot of connections and I really was that was that was something that would tie a lot of things together for me and I said absolutely so um, took the job in January by April, I think we were sending a team to China for one of the world championships. So really wow, so a lot of pieces, like, here we go, right, we... like, get she uniforms, we're getting going. Yeah. Wow. So it was, it was big and fast and we produced, you know, several camps and then COVID hit and dang COVID. And then we were down for a year and a half with COVID, um, and, but we're back. So Beach Pair Volley is beach volleyball on the adaptive side. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing is different except we run with three adapted athletes um, on our teams. There's classification there too, but um, that's being developed. So I it's see. just basically, um, if you classify, then we can put you on a team composition. Um, you just can't have more than one A athlete on a team. You know, it's like, it's just like there's different composition than it would be for the sitting game. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's three v three, same size court, same size nets, um, and it's just fabulous. It gives these um, athletes an opportunity to play standing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, some I've got some beach athletes that aren't sitting athletes, and I've got some sitting athletes that don't want anything to do with the beach. You know, <laughs> a lot of our leg amputees are like, "That's insane. Why would I want to do that?" But um, it's. It's great. It's a. It's great. Um, this past year, I think we produced four four training camps, um, an RDE, which is a recognized development event in um, Gulf Shores, in conjunction with the NCAA Final Four. Wow. I mean, championship mm-hmm. there, not Final Four, but the championship, um, Division One championships, and then another massive event down in Florida at our Paralympic training site, our Beach Paravolley. Um, training site in Tavares, we were able to piggyback on um, the great Central Open AVP, the mm-hmm. AVP Central Open, and that was great. Um, that was an international event for us. Team Australia came over, and so we're rocking and rolling. Um, we're I'm, I'm I don't even think I can fully like breathe yet because we were supposed to know by the end of January, but now I've heard through the rumorville that maybe it will be before mid. February, if LA 28 is picking up the sport um, as a true Paralympic sport. That was going to be the next question. I know. I just like threw it in there. But yeah, (laughs) so we're kind of on pins and needles here waiting for that. that announcement and really hopeful that they would, you know, take a chance Mm -hmm. on this emerging sport and let us, you know, have that debut right there in LA. That's making be, me anxious. Too. I no, know. Please, too. like, I'm just like, oh, I, I just, I just, I just hope and wish for the best. Yeah, there too. I think so too. Yeah, and it seems yeah. like it's got a lot of momentum moving forward there. So I, I mean, think so too. Yeah. So that's well, a little bit about what I do on my, I guess, my free time. That's what I do. Yeah. The free time you don't have. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But, um, just produce a couple events. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is the future of Beach Paravalli? I mean, right. given. You know, maybe everything goes right with LA yeah. 28 or things don't, don't go, go right. I mean, right. It's, don't go it, quite your way. Yeah, I know. It's like if we don't get that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as within our, like, 
USA Volleyball is a national and governing body for beach para volley. Mm-hmm. So we'll still be supported. Um, I don't know where like funding will land. You know, as soon as we get that Paralympic status, more funding will come in and we'll be able to expand what we're doing. Um, but I don't know what kind of funding, but we'll still be pursuing this. We'll mm-hmm. still be giving these athletes these opportunities. I'm still making connections with adaptive sport communities, um, with VA programs and things like that, just to, it's just one more sport, you know? It's like, I think these athletes um, deserve that. And it's just, it. the great thing about Beach Paravalli is you can have a group of three playing against a group of two, you know? So it can be just, you can integrate it it's really easy to integrate into any other um, beach tournament. You know, mm-hmm. basically these athletes can have that opportunity and we're seeing that worldwide where these athletes are getting those sorts of opportunities. Um, and so I don't, it's not going anywhere. It's just the level of, you know, are we keeping it in high gear or, you know, are we... And we'll keep it in high gear. I don't know what I'm saying. It's not like we're going to do anything different. But but more funding would be great. Yeah. So that's that's what we're hoping for. So what what excites you the most about Beach Paravalli and the direction it's heading? What's just been that most just like this is... It's it's the same. I mean, I'm not necessarily coaching on the beach side. I mean, I could, but I'm I'm more of the admin. Yeah, 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 I'm more of the admin here, and I'm like producing these um, these opportunities and connecting with these athletes. But it's still the the connection and seeing them come and try something and challenging themselves and having success there. Whether you know, no matter the size of the success, they're having success and just really seeing their happiness and their connections. These training opportunities, they really bond. Mm -hmm. They really bond. And then they like lifelong friendships. And so I think that's my favorite part Mm -hmm. about it right now. And that's just attributing to the game of volleyball as a whole. Like whether you play club or high school, it's like you don't remember the score. You don't. Yeah. Uh, you know, the tournament you had in January on right. at noon, you remember, you know, the, the team outings and That's right. just the moments and That's just right. those special, just everlasting things that only, you know, you and your team and, you know, those yeah. around you can really, can really relate to. That's, so that's, amen. That's, yeah. So, I mean, that unfortunately brings us towards the tail end oh, of that, our interview. I feel like we can talk yeah. all day. We can. About yeah. This stuff there's a lot of volleyball. On, on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, is there anything else that you maybe just want to speak on, whether it's, you know, on the, you know, sitting side, standing right. side, volleyball community, anything <clears throat> we maybe have left on the table? That right. Hasn't been no, I, I just right now my time is devoted to the parasite. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this and you you know, like everyone might know somebody or maybe you're an athlete who might benefit. Please reach out. We are always looking to grow our pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have the advantage um, that like the I mean, I'm not saying their life is easy. The national standing team, it's like you've got thousands and millions of athletes training um, to kind of filter up to their bubble up. But we don't have that advantage. Mm-hmm. So we just need to make every connection we can. And so, you know, follow us along with this journey. Um, the team has social media accounts. You're going to ask me what those are. We're going to have to post that. (laughs) I don't know. Just go to USA Volleyball and find us on the page, and then you can find all those links. How about that? When it comes to recruiting in the pipeline, where or how can somebody reach out to either you or Elliot or just what is that outreach? They can reach out to any of us. Mm -hmm. Our names, our emails are easy. It's just our first name dot last name at USAV.org. 
they can, yeah, and we'll get them going in the right direction. I've had male athletes reach out to me, and then I'll put them in the male pipeline mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, parents reach out to us if they're athletes younger and they see this is this is the trajectory that they'll be going. Um, yeah, just reach out, call, tweet at us, you know, hit us up on socials or whatever it is. Find us, yeah. Even on our website, even on USA Volleyball's website, there's a... Um, it's not like a recruit me tab, but it's something like that where you can find all of our email addresses and connect. Please connect. And if we're at an event doing like a drop in, like in Boston in March, we're going to be at a juniors event there doing a, a friendly with Canada. Please come up and watch our, well, you know, watch our teams connect, say hi to us after the game. And like, we'll just definitely, we can build connections those ways that Got way it. too. Well, it sounds like you have definitely uh, won a lot on your plate to a very exciting, yeah. you know, year ahead. And, you know, I I'm, I'm myself am very excited along with all the other listeners and yeah. our podcast team and everybody. We're all excited to see, you know, <laughs> what 2023 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, Here we are. Twenty three. Yeah. Right. New Year. But Michelle, thank you again for taking the hey, time here. No problem. Uh, just to I really enjoyed it. Thank conversation. you. Thank Y'all you. do good work. I love listening to you. We appreciate that. Yep. Thank you. Take care. You know, Michelle, like always one of my favorite people to talk to whenever we get a chance to cross paths at events or here in the office when, you know, when she's in town. I just my my goal is to get her and Patty Rolf in a room and just say, hey, oh, yeah, this is what we're talking about. See how that conversation goes. They are some of the like best storytellers and just good personalities just to be around, too. And I really enjoyed getting a chance yeah. to sit down and so talk to them in person. Too. Yeah. Yes. It'd be cool and, to get them in the same room and, and talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Michelle, clearly, as you heard, she wears a tremendous amount of hats, spends a tremendous amount of money on gas with that weekend commute. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Just casually 10 hours on her weekends. But I mean, just a highlight from that, just her her involvement and passion and love for the game of volleyball as a whole. Um, touch base on her story a little bit um, on how she got involved and committed on the sitting side of things. It's very inspirational. And I, I, I commend her so much for that. And, for, and she she takes on a lot and she's definitely the right person for that. Yeah, just uh, like you said, the the energy that she puts into the programs, both with the sitting teams and the the Beach Pair Volley program and just the you can you can see and feel the love and passion she has for those programs and, and those programs wouldn't be what they are today without Michelle. So mm-hmm. uh, just love having her involved in those programs and love to see the growth uh, of those programs and just the awareness, like she touches on in, in the conversation, the awareness and education of others of what sitting in beach pair volley is. Uh, it was just awesome to have her on the show here to talk about that. That was really cool. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I was really educated on the classification portion of that yeah, uh, yeah. conversation here, just, uh, you know, learning about VS1, VS2. Um, obviously, VS2 is, uh, you know, less, uh, less of a, you know, impaired inv- individual. These are, I believe she, she also called them minor, um, minor classifications that have to do with that there. And it's just a lot goes into it. A lot goes into just strategizing one year recruitment to your rosters for whatever, um, whatever, um, you know, tournament competition you're competing in and it's just a lot that applies to the strategy portion of it and i i also really love how she plugged in and you know 
was you know very realistic about recruiting and yeah. you know, if those if those of you who uh, you know may fall in, uh, into one of those different classification categories, uh, make sure you reach out to you know the sitting program's email sitting volleyball at usav and there's also Michelle's email. Uh, you know again like she mentioned first and last name uh, Michelle Goodall at usav and she'd be more than happy to point you in the right direction and get you set up. Yeah, she t- yeah the just the different ways. Uh, you know, for recruitment into sitting in beach pair volley, it's, you know, different from the the indoor standing side of the games, uh, different from the beach standing side of the game. It's it's the it's really about the awareness uh, of of sitting volleyball, getting people educated on what it is, you know, differences between sitting uh, or rather Paralympics versus Special Olympics um, that she talked about. But you know, and, and I think we talked about this with Greg Walker too back in our our episode with him. But just you know, if you're at an event, uh, whether that's volleyball related or not, and you you know see someone who who might have a disability, you know, might be playing sports, whatever it is, uh, approach them and just let them know, hey, I'm, you know, uh, play play for USA volleyball on the junior side, but I just saw. You know the sitting teams at a qualifier and and it was just really cool and maybe they have no idea what that is and you can point them to that email sitting.volleyball at usab.org or the website just to have them learn more about sitting and and get that introduction and who knows maybe they're on the the sitting national team and Mm -hmm. you know fighting for a spot to to represent usa in the paralympics uh just you know really cool and you know part of that awareness too kind of goes to uh one of the highlights over the weekend for Michelle was mm-hmm. uh, uh, welcoming Zoe Rollins, who, for those who don't know, um, is uh, an athlete for Norco Club Norco here in Colorado. Uh, was in an unfortunate car accident and is now paralyzed. But she came to watch uh, the sitting team uh, train at the at the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Training Center train mm-hmm. and got to meet them. And just an awesome video that we have on USA Volleyball's uh, social media right now on, on the Instagram of the whole team and Zoe kind of in a circle pepper, uh, just, you know, top, passing the ball around, which is super cool. And uh, just huge shout out to to our women's team for welcoming Zoe and, and uh, spending a lot of time with her too, just to get to know her and her story. And that stuff definitely goes a long way. And, you know, I, I love the forward progress that the sport of not only para volleyball is making, but beach volleyball in general. So, I mean, again, a uh, big thank you, Michelle, for coming onto the show, into our studio, actually, <clears throat> to just talk sitting and talk beach para volley and talk about how you got into coaching and, you know, even sharing and being vulnerable and, you know, just talking about where that sparked from. I mean, um, it's very exciting to see the growth and awareness continue. Uh, we, we, Hopefully, we'll be getting good news uh, soon on the International uh, Paralympic Committee uh, set to hopefully have that decision made by mid-February on February on whether or not beach para volley and 32 other sports. Yes, 32 other sports. They have a lot to weigh in on, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Will be included in the LA 2028 Paralympic Games. But until then, best of luck to the U.S. sitting teams this upcoming season. 2023 is definitely a busy year for you guys, but a lot of opportunities to qualify for the 2024 Paris Paralympics are coming up soon. So uh, we'll keep everybody updated on across our social media channels um, and just 
again, fingers crossed, wishing the best. But you can definitely check out our U.S. Uh, sitting team's Instagram. They both have their own um, Instagram accounts there. You can check them out at USAV underscore sitting underscore WNT and USAV underscore sitting underscore MNT on Instagram and also to follow the sitting team's journeys on Twitter as well. So stay updated with our programs and best luck to you all. Now on to upcoming events. Oh, uh, I, got, I, got, I got you. Oh. Now, let's see what's coming up. The grapevine with Stevine. Oh, my gosh. That was on upcoming great. events. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. On the fly there. Incredible work on the fly there, Clarence. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Now on to upcoming events. We have the Beach Pro Tour Finals, January 26th through the 29th in Doha, Qatar. Uh, stay tuned to USAV Beach on Instagram and Twitter for updates and results. Then on to the junior side of things, Florida Fest Boys National Qualifier, January 27th through the 29th in Schaumburg, Illinois. Oh, that is not correct uh, because that is uh, not Florida. <laughs> we will find that uh, one second, <laughs> one second on the fly here, on the fly. We don't need to cut. Don't worry. No, you're fine. Worry. You're fine. All right. You do that. And I'm going to go into some. No, no, no I got it. Reminders. I got okay. it. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I, I thought it was Fort Lauderdale, but I didn't want to say it and then have to and have to redo that. But oh my god. The Florida Fest Boys National Qualifier, January 27th through the 29th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Look there at we that. go. Seamless, so smooth. <laughs> the Northern Lights Girls National Qualifier and 18s qualifier week one, January 27th through the 29th in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The Arizona Desert Freeze Beach National Qualifier, January 29th in Glendale, Arizona. The Ohio Valley Girls 18s National Qualifier, February 3rd through the 5th in Columbus, Ohio. The Mad Sand Juniors Beach Event, February 4th in Plano, Texas. Good luck to everyone competing in those events and shout out to all the USAB regions for setting up and hosting those events. More details on all upcoming events can be found at usavolleyball.org. Oh, yeah. Very well said. Nice recovery, too. I appreciate that. You know? Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but a more, uh, a more, wow, a few more updates on the indoor club side of things, too. Uh, don't forget, registration is still open for those looking to compete in the Salt Lake City Showdown qualifier uh, on April 8th through 10th and April 14th through the 16th. As of right now, there is no wait list, but as teams get in requirements, that can change for certain divisions. So get your requirements done if you are looking for a wonderful qualifier to compete in. Registration is also open for our national championships, our Boys International Championships hosting in, hosted in Salt Lake City from June 29th through July 6th. We have our Girls International Championship 11s through 13s in Minneapolis. Registration is now open as well. Those dates are June 14th through the 17th. We have our Girls Junior National Championship 14s through 17s age divisions in Chicago, Illinois. Registration is now open. I believe the Patriot division was a frenzy. It was down to literally the seconds on when teams on whether or not teams got into the Patriot division or not. But wow, that'll be rotating throughout the year as more teams start to, you know, earn bids to nationals and such too. So I mean, if you're not on the wait list, get on it now or Forever holds your peace because it is a frenzy for sure. And as of today, January 25th, registration is also open for our USA Volleyball Open National Championship 
in Dallas, Texas. I'm so excited about that. Uh, we can potentially have our sitting national teams host some exhibitions, training sessions, and you know, also hosts our sitting division there too. So that's very, very, very exciting news to potentially hear. And yeah, those tournament dates are uh, May 26th through the 31st in Stevens' hometown, Dallas, Texas. Good luck to all teams traveling and competing in our national and regional qualifiers soon. More information on all of those dates, divisions, and deadlines can be found at usavolleyball.org. Remember, listeners, you can rate and review, share with friends, family, teammates, whoever it is. It really helps our podcast grow uh, when you share uh, the podcast, share episodes, uh, helps us reach new listeners. Uh, check out our video episodes as well. Uh, they are now on our website, uh, usavolleyball.org and the USA Volleyball YouTube channel. Thank you for all your support. Do you know a club that should be featured uh, or a story that you'd like to, uh, like us to share? You can email us at the USAB show at usab.org. Leave us feedback. Let us know about any future topics you want to hear about. Reminder, new episodes drop every under every other Wednesday. And until next time, thank you for listening to the USA Volleyball Show. This is the official podcast of USA Volleyball. This has been the USA Volleyball Show with Clarence Hughes and Stephen Munson. Produced by Curtis Ward. Our content producer is Laura Fawcett. Our marketing lead is Bree Jaycox. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate and review. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the USA Volleyball Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.